Welcome to Grace Life Church Podcast. If you would like any more information about us, please visit our website, gracelife.com.au. Good morning, everyone. Just do me one favor. Just look at your neighbor. Just give them a big smile and tell them, welcome in the house of the Lord. I know you don't do that here, but uh, it's okay. Uh, I, I, I have said I can't do everything you do here. I've just been here for one week, so some, let me do how we do things back home. So a big smile to your neighbor and tell them welcome. Let's just start, uh, stand up to our feet and just take you again in an African way of doing things here. Turn our Bibles to hymn number 118. Wow. That is the book of Psalms 118. Psalms 118, that's hymn number 118. And we're just going to sing one stanza. That is according to verse 24. Are you there? Psalms 118 and verse 24. The Bible says, This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. There is no other day like this one. This is the day that we have. Praise the Lord. Why don't we put our hands together and just sing that stanza. This is the day. It's the day that the Lord has made. May we will rejoice. And be glad in it. Glad in it. This is the day. Lord has made rejoice, pardon Hallelujah. Yet that the Lord has made. This is the church. This is the church. This is the church that the Lord has made. That the Lord has made. We will rejoice. Shall be glad in it. This is a church for us. Rejoice, glad in it. Oh, hallelujah! This is that alone. Just look at two people and say, These are the friends, these are the friends that alone has made. We will rejoice, we will rejoice, and be glad with them. These are the friends that the Lord has made. Rejoice, glad in them. Oh, these are the friends, these are the friends that the Lord has made. Just a big clap unto the Lord. Praise the Lord. We may take our seats. Ah, wonderful. Just trying to give you what you expect when you come in August. <laughs> we make a lot of noise because, uh, yeah, yeah, we thank God for his love and his mercy. I have enjoyed my time here. It was a big cultural shock, but... Uh, in all these things, you say, Lord, thank you. 
because you experience God in a different way, and that has been so amazing to me. And the days have moved so fast. Eh? Can't believe it that Tuesday where I'm going back. All right. Let's turn our Bibles to the book of Mark and chapter 7. I just want to share one or two things. You see, when I was coming here, I, I didn't know that I was going to stand and preach the word of God to you. And so I never prepared anything when I was home because I thought I was coming on holiday. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's my first time to do, to take up a full-time pastoral role. And, and it's been a lot of hard work and putting the church, everything together. And so I thought, okay, this is an opportunity to go and rest now after that. But when I came here, I found different assignments and I just give glory to God. Yeah, Mark chapter 7. And verse 24. Mark chapter 7 and verse 24. Oh, I almost said on page 840, but we thank God for technology. Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know about it. Yet he could not keep, it, uh, keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as he, she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of the daughter. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child laying on the bed and demon gone. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. We give you praise that you've ordained this day. And this is the day that you've made, and we rejoice and be glad in it. And we thank you that, Lord, in the midst of all the activities and everything that is planned for this day, we have this opportunity to feast at your table through this word. Now, we thank you that, Lord, your word does not come without any purpose, because you watch over your word to fulfill everything that it's purpose for. So I pray that even as we look into this word, you know our needs, you know our circumstances. I pray that through this word, you minister to someone, you change someone's destiny, just as it was with this woman. So I pray that everyone will go home knowing that you've changed, you've touched their situations. In the name of Jesus Christ, I do pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Few things are coming to my mind, and as we are reading this, this, this uh, text, we saw about this woman, the, a Gentile woman, and it's also about Jesus uh, taking a break maybe from what was happening. If you read the few verses in chapter 7, in fact, he's coming from a debate uh, known on the customs and all these things. 
and I think he needed just that kind of break. He went in a different region, and when he went, he wanted to keep his mission secret, but people discovered that he was there, and among them, this woman came, and who had a problem, and that had to do with a child who was possessed by a demon. And when you read this, you see some desperation from the side of a woman, and sometimes I was looking at what it means when he says, let the children eat all they want. He told her, for it is not right for the children to eat bread and toss it to their dogs. But when she says, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs, that touched me. I know, I'm looking at that because when it comes to a dog, you may not understand. Maybe this woman was more of an African, isn't it? Because we don't keep dogs the way you keep them here. <laughs> our dogs, we keep them from outside. And they are not on our budget. <laughs> they eat our leftovers. So I think this was a scenario here. In your culture here, you may not understand. But back home, I understand this thing. Because what we leave behind is what they eat. And you are eating, the dogs will look at you, they are thinking, boss, just a small piece for me. But there it was. But what is also interesting is that she never took offense at what Jesus said, but she got what she wanted. She wanted the child to be delivered or to be healed, and she got just what she wanted. What a great story that we read about this woman. And from this, I just point took three lessons that I want to share with us today. So if you are following with me, the message is a secret encounter. I call it a secret encounter because I'm looking at the manner in which this woman went to Jesus. Jesus wanted his time to himself. He went to rest, maybe. And the Bible says he wanted his visit to be a secret. But this woman among maybe others, but let me just talk about this woman. Because of the problems that she had, the child was possessed at home. She could not wait. She decided to break the silence and go to where Jesus was. I don't know how the setup was in this place, but she went there and met with Jesus. Many times in our lives, when we go through problems, I don't know here, but I've seen that back home people wait for a Sunday like this one because we are so used to come to a place where everyone will pray with us. And sometimes this has added to many frustrations that Christians are having because you come and we are saying the power of God is here and you come to be prayed for and you go back home, your situations are the same or they are even worse than you left them. And sometimes people have even questioned this kind of a God. How come I pray and I pray and I seem not to have a breakthrough? And this is why I say that the greatest for every believer is when you, get, you don't get what you want. But this story, this picture here, gives us another story on how you can have a breakthrough in your life. And this is why I call it a secret encounter. A place of intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. A place where you develop that relationship with him. A place of one-to-one -one kind of encounter with him. 
If we are to ask ourselves this morning is, do you have that kind of a place in your life where you can just pour your heart, your heart before God? This is beyond meeting on a Sunday. This is beyond meeting in a life group where everyone is around and everyone wants to pray. But a place where you can just go. There's no one else around but you and Jesus Christ. When I look at the ministry of Jesus, I see that many people, many people who, who got their answers or who, had, uh, who experienced the power of God in his time are those who went who broke through the barriers and the protocols that are there, and they met Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. And that is what we seem to miss as a church today. And this is why the church is becoming more and more religious, because we just wait for a time as such. Let me give you three points from there so that you follow me nicely. Uh, the first point that I, I want to bring out from this, point, uh, this scripture is that if you are to meet with God, you must come to a place where you are vulnerable. Be vulnerable before him. It's a place of total, total surrender to him. You are so broken before Jesus. You are so open before him. A place where you can pour your heart and tell him all that you need. And this can be different from one person to another. There's no formula for this place of intimacy. It's, it's, it's like when you look at uh, relationships, everyone, if I were to ask in this place how you met your spouse, everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different story. Others will say we met on the train, others in the church, others on the road, and, and the stories are different. But at the end of the day, there's a relationship. How you express yourself, how you express your love to each other is different one from another. But at the end of the day, you have that relationship among yourselves. It's the same thing with God. We may give different stories. From my culture, it's different from this culture. But at the end of the day, he's a God of a relationship. And he wants us to be that vulnerable where you can open your heart before him and just tell him all you feel all you want, and all you need. This is just what is happening with this woman here. She was so vulnerable at the hands of Jesus. She was ready to pay the price to meet with Jesus. I don't know the, what was her, the cultural setup here. You know, some of these things you need to understand, the cultural setup. I don't know what was happening here, if it was right for this woman to walk alone to Jesus but she, she just she was ready to pay whatever the price, whatever the cost, for the sake of pouring our hearts before Jesus. You know, sometimes we are limited by all these things. What will people say? What will people think? And that sometimes can limit us from reaching out to Jesus. But this woman was ready to pay the price because she understood it takes that determination. It takes that discipline to grow in this relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. She, she, was, she, she, she was committed to this private, what I call a private prayer with the Lord Jesus. Uh, in most cases in our churches, we, we want to grow when we meet in prayer, when we meet like this. But many times, we don't have that prayer, private prayer, where you can spend quality time 
with the Lord Jesus. Especially in this busy world where everyone is busy, everyone is doing that, everyone is doing that. Sometimes we literally have no time for him. And this is why when we meet in church, sometimes it's difficult to, to pray. We are all looking at our time, and you are thinking, what time is this going to finish so that I leave this place? But not with this woman. She was ready to spend our time with Jesus. I tell people home to say many times, like everyone is standing by the door. They come to Jesus and by the door, but they don't want to sit down they, because they feel they are busy and so everything's like, hurry up, Jesus. Or they just come to tell him, I need this, I need that. And if nothing is happening, they walk out. And sometimes we do those things and we miss God in our everyday life. He's a God of a relationship. He wants that quality time with us where we can push aside all the social medias and all the busy schedules and you just go to sit in his presence. And this is why I'm calling it a secret encounter because there's no formula. No one should say, at midnight, have that time. At 05, have that time. You can do it. It's you. It's your relationship with him. And you can find that time that you can give to him in your own time. And you find that that will bless your heart. This world will continue to be busy. And in fact, like I said, during the weekend, the devil would want us to be busy and busy because there's one thing that the enemy wants to break from us, a relationship with God. He did it with Adam and Eve in the garden. The only thing he wanted was to cut them from that relationship with God. The same formula is happening even today. You are in Africa, you are in Europe, you are in Australia. As long as you have no relationship with God, then he has succeeded. And this is why if we are to be successful in our Christian work, we need that encounter. You need that intimate relationship with God. You need a place in your life, in your heart, where you can conversate with your Father. A place where you can listen to what He is saying to your life. It's a place of trust. That's what it means to be vulnerable. You trust Him for everything. You trust him in his leading, whatever is leading you. You follow. And this is why he says, I know my sheep. When I call, they listen to my voice and they follow me. It's, it's like, is, is that your shit, sir? Let me, let me just use it for a moment. Oh, is it so? Let me use it like, okay, you, you can come for it. I, di I didn't plan for it, it has just come. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, it's okay. Yeah, I should have prepared you, but I didn't. Uh, oh, no. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Mm, maybe come on stage. Really? Yeah, sure. Yeah, okay. I'll be telling you, walk. Okay. All right. You keep on, keep on. There's a step now. There's a step now. Come on top now. One at a time. Uh-huh, good. Another one. Again. Again, all right, this side to your left, all right, to your left, all right, follow me. I'm walking this side, right, right, then turn to your left, okay, come, I want to take you to the pulpit, right, and slowly, come forward, slowly, and you're here. Thank you. So, all right, what, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> 
what I wanted to demonstrate is that it takes trust to be led like that. Because he's blindfolded, he can't see. He knows, he comes to stand here. But at one point, he needed to trust my voice. And that's just what happens with God. We need in life to come to a place where we, we don't see the things in the world, but we listen to his voice, to his leading. Or we don't take things for granted, but we say, Lord, I commit my life in your hands. And that takes trust. And it leads me to the next point. If you are going to trust, then you have to be sensitive. Meaning that you have to listen to what he's saying. This woman comes before Jesus. And she says, my daughter is in this situation. She was there begging him, come home with me. But look at the response that Jesus gave. But she was very sensitive not to be offended by what he said. She was very sensitive. Sometimes God may not answer us as we expect, but we must be sensitive enough to see that God is still working in my situation. You may say, Lord, heal me. You may say, Lord, change this life. Lord, I need this and that. He may not answer in a way that you expect, but he knows what he's doing. And that's why we must be very, very sensitive. When you read the book of 2 Corinthians, chapter 12, you read the story of Paul. There was a thorn that was put in his flesh. He pleaded with the Lord, and the Bible says, three times I pleaded with the Lord, take this stone away from my flesh. Paul would have loved to see that thorn taken away, but God says, my grace is sufficient for you. Did God answer that prayer? Yes, he answered. This is why Paul says, I'll go on rejoicing. In my weaknesses, because there, your power is made manifest. Sometimes we go through situations. You may think God has not heard your prayer, but God is there. This is what we need to be sensitive in whatever situations that we go through. Be ready to throw away every understanding. I call it every theology. If you want to have an encounter with God, sometimes we are so limited with our theologies or what we have learned or what people have said. And we want to see God. We put God in a box. He should answer in a certain way. But if you understand the, the secret of being sensitive, you understand that God answers in ways that we don't understand. You know, sometimes we have emotional breakdowns as believers because of the theologies that we have been taught. Because everyone says, when you do this, if you come to Africa, there are a lot of open gymnastics in the church sometimes. And if you do all those things and it doesn't work, you are saying, where is this God? There are people who are selling water, for example, in church. They say, for all your problems, drink this water and all your, your problems are gone. And you drink, you drink, you drink, and there's nothing working out. You see, all these are formulas of men. And God answers in ways that we don't understand. And that's why we have to be sensitive before God. 
what is God saying? Yes, you've been praying. Yes, things are not right. Yes, there's this situation in your family. There's this situation in your life. But you've been praying. Instead of getting frustrated, what is God saying? Sometimes God has said things, but we are not sensitive enough. That's why you like this woman, you need to be sensitive. Because you see, our, any human expectation is that she comes pleading before Jesus. My daughter is in this problem. And I think what is next maybe was Jesus to be emotional, looking at this woman and says, oh, sorry, mama, let's go, I can't wait. But he just gives an answer that is totally different from there. But she waited upon him. We need to trust. We need to wait upon God. What is your situation right now? What is God saying to you right now? You may be praying for healing. And you see the problem is still there. But what is God saying? You may have a family challenge, problem, financial, whatever. But you are praying, God, I need a breakthrough. And you don't seem to see it there. Be sensitive. God has been speaking. Maybe there's a way that God is talking to you and you can't pay attention because the mind is focused on the problem. You see, we focus on what we are going through and we miss what God is saying. That's how we need to be sensitive. One of the things that I pray for, for example, like I've said, I'm here for the first time. There's all this cultural shock, but in the midst of everything, I'm saying, Lord, I want to see you. Open my eyes that I may see you. In everything that you're going through, let God open your eyes that you may see him. Be sensitive. Be sensitive to his voice. When we pray, he answers prayer. When we cry, he answers us. But we must be sensitive. Sometimes we are quick enough to react, but he is there. Sometimes doubt come in. And I've come to see that actually more believers have doubt. There are few that practice faith. We preach faith, which we don't practice because we are not Sensitive, Because maybe our lives are wired in such a way that when you are a believer, you should not go through problems. So anything that we see, we complain, we talk about it, and we miss God. But if you understand God, He's a God of a purpose and He's a God of a process. He has a purpose for everything you go through. And there's a process. God will not just rush you into something. He will take you. There's a process. There's a process. There's a process that you have to go through. And many times, we don't want that process. We're in a fast world where everything must be fixed just right there and there. You press a button. Everything is like on a remote control. And we miss God. God does not change. He's not as fast as the world is moving. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There is nothing that will move him. He will not even say, okay, catch up with you. No, God is God. He will do things in his own way. All is to be sensitive enough to hear him, to see him. In all your situation, in all your life, be sensitive enough. Come to a place where in your own life, in your own circumstances, you can hear his voice. 
You can listen to his voice. You can see God. You can see his hand guiding you at that personal level. And this is what God wants. And this is why church is not a building, by the way. After we leave this service, others will come and play basketball. So this is not church. But church is when you and me will listen to God's voice, come together. And it's a company of redeemed believers. When we come to share what God is doing in our lives. You see, back home we tell people, church is gathering is only 10%. 90% is how you are being ministered or how you spend your time with Jesus out there. So when we come, it's just 10%, meaning that when we come to share our testimonies and our joys, everyone has something to talk about this God. But many times we don't see that because people don't spend time with God out there. They feel, I can meet God in these few minutes. No, it's there, it's everywhere. Be sensitive enough. The last point that I want you to see in this uh, portion of scripture is that even when Jesus said, first give it to the dogs, this woman was not mocked. If anything, let's turn to verse 28. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go, the demon has left your daughter. The last point there is be positive. When you focus on Jesus, what you are going through may be temporal, but be positive as, as, as you look to him. He may not answer the way you expected, but be positive. He's God. If you pray for something, God says no. He knows what he's doing. If he says, wait, he knows what he's doing. There's no way I can say, Lord, you don't understand. It's only that you're not in my place. You know, sometimes we complain like that, but he knows. And that's why we have to remain positive. How do you do that? Two things. Number one, confess. Your confession can show where your faith is. I find this to be very interesting among believers. We pray. Our God is a big God. But when it comes to face the reality of life, our confession is different. I was challenging some people, for example, at one point, because of the cases of HIV and AIDS and the rest, for example, in Africa, and you see people saying, God can heal any disease. God can do this. But when it comes, for example, to HIV AIDS, everyone says, but you must be very careful. And the tone changes. Let me bring something that you can relate to here. Look at COVID, the way we faced it. Up to now, up to now, I don't know how many of you have come out to face it the way you are supposed to face it as a believer. We are all careful. Our confession, this is deadly. This is what? Yes, it's deadly, but Christians must bring hope. What you say matters. There is power in your confession. While the world is complaining, while the world is saying this and that, a child of God, when you speak that word, you must bring hope. Confess positively. What you see may be different, 
But because you are faith in God, and because you know your God, you confess positive in whatever situation that you're going through. Your words matter a lot. There's power on the tongue. There's power. You see, at one time at school, some people were talking about the, how the things are going. Everyone is talking about how hard life is and the rest. And I, I said, it's tough. We need to be strong. Just that comment. One guy says, ah, oh, now I'm finished. I said, what do you mean? He says, if you as a believer can admit that things are hard, then we are finished. God, I must be careful what I say. Because when you say something as a child of God, everyone takes it seriously because they know that your God is greater than what the world has. The Bible says the one in us is greater than the one in the world. We, 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 we are bigger than sometimes what we see in ourselves. And this is why our confession don't confess doubt. If you are sick, you are believing God for healing, confess it. Speak it. You never know when you are going to pick yourself up. But that hope, that trust in God is what should keep you moving. The second thing that you see, apart from confessing positively, is that you must take him by his word. Take Jesus, take God by his word. This book, from Genesis to Revelation, is the word of God. Speak it, confess it, trust it, apply it in your life. I tell people to say, if this word doesn't work, then let's throw it away, there is no God. That's a bold statement. <laughs> it takes faith to tell people, trust what God has said in this word because everything is here and so we take him the bible says no matter how many promises god has made they are yes in jesus if he says i'm going to heal you he means it i'm going to provide for you he means it i'm going to protect you he means it take him by his word You see, when you are in a place like this one where everything seems to be provided, it's very easy to miss the word of God. But if you are in a place where you have to literally depend on God, you trust him. Those who are coming in August will go to a place in the rural area where people have not heard about God. And everything on raising a child is about what has been passed on to them. So you, you, one of the strange things you find is ch children, babies, having strings tied around their waist, around their neck, because someone says this is the only way they will grow to protect them from the unseen world, because there's so much belief in witchcraft. And they believe it. But now you have to stand boldly and tell them all this is nonsense. Believe 
in Jesus. Believe in his word. And you have to cut those strings around them. It takes faith. In every situation that you go through, it takes faith to trust his word. The world is speaking. The world is talking. But in the midst of all these voices, what is God saying to you? This woman, immediately Jesus said, Go, your child has been healed. She believed him. She never sat down to say, but Lord, suppose, suppose. No, there was nothing else. She trusted the word that came from Jesus. Go. And when she went, she found the child healed. In whatever you may go through in life, you must believe that all you need is the now word of God. What is God saying? about that situation. What is God saying in your life? All we need is the word of God. And that's why every morning or every day, every time we are given this opportunity, I want to listen to the voice of God. I want to get the word of God. One of, one of our songs, our local songs we sing, says, say something, Lord, about my life. I just want one word that can change everything about my situation, about my destiny. Just need one word. One word. In all I have shared this morning, what is God saying to you as an individual? I may not have shared to everyone, but maybe this word was just meant for you as a person. What is your word for today? Take that word. Run with it. Apply it and see how God is going to change your situation. Sometimes we take things for granted. Sunday in, Sunday out, we come, we listen, we listen to so many words, and we don't apply any of them. And this is why our lives keep moving in, in circles. It's like God is saying, I told you what to do. You are not doing it. Put my word into practice. Everything that I say carries that power to change your situations. What is God saying to you this morning? I just want you to, where you're seated, just close your eyes for a moment. Just close your eyes where you're seated and just think through what has been spoken in this place today. What is God saying? Has God spoken to you? We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast from Grace Life Church. For more information about us or any of our services, please visit our website at gracelife.com.au.